Welcome back, Pals of Green Gables. I'm your co-host, Alicia. And I'm your co-host, Nicole. And this is Gals of Green Gables, an Anne of Green Gables podcast. This week, we'll be discussing chapter 17 to 20 of Anne of the Island. And this week, we have a very exciting um, fan favorite guest back. Um, Peyton is back joining us. Hi. Glad to be back again for the third time, I think. Mm-hmm. Glad to have you back. So how are you, Peyton? We'll start with you. Um, pretty good. I would say I'm, a, I'm the exact same as I was the last time that you asked me the last episode. Uh, not much changes for me as of late. Hopefully that'll change soon, but that's how it is right now. Good. Well, we're happy to have you back. How are you? Yeah, I don't even have any funny stories to to give you guys, like you usually have, but. (laughs) How are you, Alicia? I'm good. I don't think I have much of an update from last time. Peyton mentioned funny stories. I don't know that I have any. Then I apologize for putting you on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't, I don't think, I mean, nothing much has happened to me. How are you, Nicole? Uh, Pretty good. I, um, yeah, I don't, I honestly don't have a lot of updates from last time either. Um, just kind of been, um, rolling, rolling through. I think since the last time we recorded i can't remember if i if we talked about this last time it got very very hot in ontario for one week um so it was like 28 degrees every day like i was in shorts i was living my best like mid-august life and then it immediately dropped back to like two degrees this entire week and i've been like really in denial about it like i I honestly, I was like, this is just how, for the 28 degree week, I was like, this is just how April is in Ontario. Like we go right to summer. So even though it's going to get cold for the next couple weeks, or like for the next week, it'll go right back up to 28. That's not the case. It won't be 28 for another like month and a half. But like, I've put away my big coat, and I refuse to get it out again. I've just been cold every day. Um, Yeah. No, so I really got into summer mode, and then it immediately went back to early spring. The weather's been pretty consistent here. We didn't have the um, the what I was referring to as winter to another friend who lives in Ontario. Do you know the Phineas and Ferb episode? Oh, yes! Because I feel like it, it should be wind. Because he was saying there was snow still. Like the snow mm-hmm. hadn't fully melted in Ottawa. So there was still snow, but it was like 30 degrees. Yeah. So I said it was winter. Yeah. We did not have winter. Oh, no. It was it was the best week of my life. <laughs> and then it just, it just went away. And it's back to reality. But I've been getting rain recently. Just a lot of rain. We had we well, had a bunch of I rain a lot in a few days. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. 
Sorry, I, I just said we had a bunch of rain this morning. But. Mm. Should we get into the chapters? Are we ready? Absolutely. We we don't have we don't have any Anne of Green Gables related updates for this week. So Ooh, actually. <gasps> from your last episode with the the cat murder chapter, the the attempted euthanization. Um you guys mentioned at the end of the chapter they mentioned old Nick. Yes. And I think that's just another name for the devil. Oh, <laughs> I was because, really, really thinking old Saint Nick. Yeah. <laughs> thinking that's what I like always really ugly. <laughs> <laughs> no, because just at the when Aunt Jamesina she says he wouldn't do so much harm if he was very ugly. I always think of him as a rather handsome gentleman. So and I Google it and it is another another name for the devil. I don't know why. Nick, oh. but yeah. interesting. Yeah. No, that's interesting. But I can see how you you would think Santa Claus. Yeah, like in the, in the modern context. Because, um, <laughs> like, Satan has a name, like, biblically. It's Lucifer, right? Yeah, but you he's got lots of them, I guess. No, that's something that's something to keep in mind for the future in case they do it again. Um, so we'll start with chapter 17, which is called A Letter from Davy. And I have an incredibly short chapter summary for this because it is an incredibly short chapter. Um, so in this chapter, Anne receives a letter from Davy detailing what has happened in Avonlea since she's been gone. And there are quite a few things that we'll probably discuss. Yeah, this chapter is only three pages. Yeah. In my book, anyway. Yeah. No, it was weird because I, so Peyton, I have um, two copies of Anne. I have obtained two copies of Anne with the, uh, of the island now. I also uh, have so two So I copies, have yes. one copy that I, that's like an old thrift store copy that I, that doesn't have a cover on it anymore um, that I keep in my office. Um, and that for whenever I guess I want to read it in my office, which has only happened once um, since I've started doing that. But that copy, it's like one of the like really tiny ones that you see. Um, like it's probably from the 80s or something. And the letter was in like, I don't know if the actual books in like 11 point font, the letter was in like eight font. Like I, I was sitting there with my like nose, like really, really far in the book because I could barely read it. <laughs> so our mm -hmm. the chapter in that book was like a page because I don't know what the stylistic choice w was for making the letter really, really tiny. But mm -hmm. Did you, it's not important, but did you buy it at the thrift store without a cover? No, I bought it at the thrift store with a cover. It was like $2. Um, and then I promptly like took it home, just opened it. Like I didn't, like I wasn't like messing around with it or anything. And the cover like clean, this isn't the copy, but the cover like clean broke right at the seam where the cover like sort of joins the spine. 
So yeah, I have the cover. I have a plan to at some point tape or glue it back on. I haven't done it yet though. Okay. No, I was just curious. <laughs> yeah. So my first note about the letter from Davy chapter is that there is more animal murder. We seem to have gotten into a part of Anne of Green Gables, which I didn't think we would get into, where there's lots of um, killing animals. Right, the dog, yes. Yeah. We've that had the rooster, good. the cat. Yeah. It's ever since Davy showed up. That is troubling for Davy, yes. Yeah. Is there, does anybody have anything to say about um, Mrs. Lynn's big accident? It sounds like it was bad. <laughs> I thought it was very funny. <laughs> yeah. Davy's very concerned about the stew pan as well. That they couldn't, um, that Mrs. Lind ended up being okay. Uh, though it sounds like it wasn't good for a little while. But Marilla did have to throw out the stew pan that she knocked down as she fell down the stairs. Yeah, just the little, um, the little story about the doctor came, gave her medicine. She didn't understand it. She took it all inside instead. And then the doctor said it was a wonder it didn't kill her. And she said, well, doctor, don't know much anyhow. <laughs> like, I'm sure it was written on the bottle or something. Yeah. And, like, that's old-timey medicine, too. It was probably cocaine mixed with morphine or something that she ingested. Yeah. Which might made might have made her ribs feel better. Yeah. But, I mean, in those times, they were fine with that going inside the person anyway. So. Yeah. yeah, so if, if it's something the the, the uh, doctor was afraid to go inside her, I guess you... You have to wonder what was in that. You know, I'm curious for his little assignment about what kind of wife he'd like to have. I'm sure Alicia must see this kind of thing a lot with with student composition. The weird things that kids will write. Yeah. Yeah, I find at the age my students are, a lot of the writing is about themselves and sometimes the stories they tell that they choose to like put in their writer's notebook or share at carpet time. I'm like, hmm, maybe Mom or Dad wouldn't like you to share this with the class. <laughs> How old do we think Davy is here? Eight. Eight. I, find, yeah, I would have said like seven or eight. I find uh -huh. the fact that she says his wife must, it, it has to be 15 years old. Interesting. I That's think an adult seven today. in the last book. Yeah. And as we see, Anne turns 20. Yes. This book. So I think he must be a bit older. Right? If he was six and seven in the last book and she was like 18. So he's mm -hmm. probably like, Eight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It just kind of reminds me. I'm not sure if you've I feel like Alicia's had this experience a lot, but um when little kids see you as like a like when you're a teenager, little kids see you and they think, Oh, there's no difference between this adult who's 
the adult in their mind is like 15 or 16 and like my parent adult like they're they're the same level of adult I think a lot of that has to do with the context they're seeing this older person in because when I was in grade 11 and was teaching swimming lessons I remember there was this little boy uh, who did not listen very well and at the end of the lesson it was the very last lesson uh, I was trying to get him out of the pool because I wasn't allowed to get out till every kid was out. And like, like it was getting to the time that I was allowed to leave after work. Like all that time had passed and I just need to clean up. But he wouldn't get out of the pool and his parents weren't saying, weren't like doing anything. Um, And so I was trying to get him out. I was like talking about it. And at one point I was like, I need you to get out of the pool. I have homework I need to finish tonight. I need you to get out so I can go home and do it. And he was like, you're not in school. You're a grown-up. You're old. You're not in school. And I want to be like, kid, I'm 17. I have a test tomorrow in chemistry. Get out of the pool. (laughs) So like, he clearly thought I was a lot older, even though I was 17. But then when I was 22, I babysat these kids. And they understood, like, their parents were grown-ups. And they understood that they were saying I was a grown-up. And they kind of, like, thought I was, like, similar to their parents. But because I, like, hung out with them all the time and played, I was a kid. And I think, like, they understood, like, I could drive, I took care of them and stuff like that. But they're like, no, Alicia is a kid. She is a kid. I had a kid that I counseled for camp um, at, or that I was a camp counselor for when I was like 16 uh asked me why I wasn't married (laughs) and I was like well I'm too young and he was like no you're not (laughs) (laughs) you need to find this kid he probably he's probably not 16 yet uh you need to find him when he's 16 be like why aren't you married (laughs) time to get on that yeah yeah, it's it's funny too when you get kids to like guess your age if you're in one of those roles. Like I've gotten gotten like thirty nine before from kids. I when I've I gotten everything. <laughs> one time I I asked a kid and he right away he was thirteen and I say thirteen and then he's like thirty. I'm like what? <laughs> thirteen to thirty. 13 going on 30. No, I find at work there because there are student workers as well. And a lot of the time when they're guessing my age, they'll usually go young, like embarrassingly young. Like I think I mentioned once because they're they'd be like 14, 15, maybe. And I mentioned once that I had gone to this New Year's Eve thing that they had had in the town or whatever. And then I mentioned that I had I had drank a little bit. And then one of them just goes, wait, you went you went to that? She's like, you drank? How old are you? And I'm like, I'm I'm 20, I'm 23. And she's like, 23? And she was like, well, how old do you think I am? And she paused for a second and she went like, um, 19? And just the hesitation made me think that she was gonna go lower. So I don't know, I think... you can also drink drink at 19. Yeah, and I have a round face, so I think they just... I don't know. 
thought they just thought I was. It's not like I'm very close with them. Yeah, maybe because I was. I'm young at heart. Maybe I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I take it as a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that story kind of reminds me. I have a very quick story about something like that, but it went the other direction. A couple of weeks ago, I was um, like gonna go. I remember this. I was I was gonna go to like um, a party with some friends, so I went to um, go to the liquor store right before and like pick up um, like a six pack or something. And it was like fairly busy. It was a Friday afternoon at the liquor store, and so there was a fairly long line, like fairly crowded store. I go in to the um, like to pay, and the cashier IDs me as he should. By the way, this is something I have about, I don't know if it's just the liquor stores I'm at or Ontario. Like I got ID'd in Nova Scotia every single time, all of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Ontario, I rarely get ID'd, Um, which they should be IDing me because you're supposed to ID anybody who looks under 25. I am 23. So like maybe I look quite a bit older than 23 so, um but anyway so he ids me i have my id i'm always ready to be id and there was a man behind me in line who was like there was maybe a mental health issue going like he he wasn't i don't think he was saying this to be mean i think it was one of those things he just genuinely thought this and um was like i have to I have to tell her Um, he like announces to the whole store like he's talking to me but it's loud enough that the whole store can hear he's like she's not young enough for that yeah wait young enough to be ID'd yes oh my god announced to the whole store it was brutal (laughs) (laughs) did you say did you say anything I said, haha, and then tapped my card, took my six pack, and left. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, it, it, it is what it is, but it's when you're like, you just finished the week, like you're going to a party, and then somebody at the liquor store absolutely humbles you. <laughs> but it's fine, it's good. I think I think you're still a little bit upset about this, Nicole. <laughs> Not fine. It's just like it's because, like, it's one thing if it's said with I don't know why somebody in the line at the liquor store would have a problem with me, but like if it's it's one thing if like the person had been like mad at me, and like was doing it like you could tell out of, but no, this guy just genuinely like it was the thought he he had. No, like there was no malice in it. He wasn't doing it to be mean. He just was like, he just needed people to know that I was too old to be ID'd. Mm. So. (laughs) We get the update that Avis is going to paint the hall again. That ended up (laughs) the wrong color. I like that throwback. Yeah, it doesn't say what what new color they're going to paint it. It just says they're tired of having it blue. I'm trying to remember what originally was supposed to be. Was it a green? 
be? It was either green or gray. I thought it was supposed to be. Because the issue was it was like loud and didn't match, right? It didn't match the color of the roof, I think. Yeah. I remember what color the roof was. I feel like something was red. Then green, I feel like, wouldn't go with it. Yeah. I don't know. I also like just a tiny little paragraph where Davy says, uh, Mrs. Lynn was awful mad the other day because I asked her if she was alive in Noah's time. I didn't mean to hurt her feelings. I just wanted to know. Was she Anne? <laughs> That's the same kind of, like, time blindness that kids yeah. have. <laughs> yeah. I liked what stood out to me as the, um, they're talking about someone who's passed away. And Marilla says they mustn't speak ill of the dead. <laughs> and Davey wants to know why, because it seems pretty safe. It's not like they can do anything. <laughs> Just... oh, go, go ahead. Sorry. No, you, you go ahead first. I'm trying to find it. Okay. I just like the little nods to Mrs. Lind. Because, like, the things that she says are just sometimes so horrible. But she, just Mrs. Harmon Andrews' prize pig that she has talked so much of died in a fit. Mrs. Lind says it, has, it was a judgment on her for pride. And then that was it. <laughs> I love the next line in that. That that was what I was trying to find that said I think but it was hard on the pig. On the pig. <laughs> now there we can't say that Davy has no sympathy for animals. No, no, he 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 does. He's feeling very sorry about the pig. <laughs> the last notable thing to me is his um Yes, that he is there. <laughs> and who is the devil's father? <laughs> I love too that the explanation given on that PS is just I want to know. Well, that's his thing that he says all the time. <laughs> it's his catchphrase. Yep. Okay. Yeah. In this chapter, Anne is home from Redmond for the holidays, but this holiday is not filled with as much uh, joy as usual. Anne is trapped in the house after almost constant snowstorms, and she is worried about how she will pay for Redmond next year. She, she receives a letter letting her know that Miss, um, Mrs. Josephine Barry has passed away and has left Anne a thousand dollars. Pretty good. I don't really have a lot of notes on this chapter, to be honest with you. Um, do we want to talk about the Gilbert situation, though? Yeah, because Anne sort of starts off in this chapter talking about how the snowstorm is is keeping her sort of from visiting anybody. And also Diana um, is sick. She's got bad bronchitis. So that doesn't make things easy either. Um, so the only the only person she really sees is Gilbert, who can wade through the snow to come visit. And she's not normally she's I feel like. In this series, other than like before they made up, 
Um, she's normally fairly happy to see Gilbert. She's not happy now. Um, she finds him very, or she finds the visits quite uncomfortable, and she's fairly annoyed at Mrs. Lind, and I think Marilla is also also um, for giving them lots of space when mm-hmm. Gilbert comes over, which is pro- which seems to be a hint that Marilla and Mrs. Lind think there's something going on there. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like, oh, Gilbert's here. Let's go, children. Giving them some privacy. Um, it's like a, a major hint that they're like, leave the young lovers alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this makes Anne very angry. She said Anne was in a helpless fury over it, that they would leave her alone with Gilbert. Because it's not that she's not aware of what's going on, but she's really, really, really trying to ignore what's going on. And she kind of resents, really resents Gilbert for not just pretending that this isn't. She's mad at him for for, for like. (laughs) I kind of find it's also like, um, you guys talked about it, when she was going around and getting people to to read her story and both mr harrison and diana were like well i think she should have ended up with this other one and Anne's like no that's not right it wouldn't make sense but like it's kind of another where she sees something differently like she doesn't think that this is a good i just it's hard to articulate but she doesn't think that she thinks everybody's wrong about what's going on here. Yeah. It seems like, and I think we're going to get into this more in the last chapter, it kind of seems like Anne is now hitting, like, a bit of a, I don't know, fatal flaws. Like, her romanticism, it, they seem to be hinting at the fact that her romanticism of love and like storybook uh, love is perhaps going to be a fatal flaw here. Uh, and I and they were that was pointed out in the in her stories, but it also maybe is going to be pointed out here. And it's not that I don't think we're supposed to think that she doesn't secretly you know so deeply that she doesn't even know about it like Gilbert because it says um, it was still more disconcerting to find herself blushing hotly and uncomfortably under his gaze just as if just as if well it was very embarrassing like she's not even gonna we're not gonna go there yeah yeah I can just see them sitting there very uncomfortably because like, they've been left alone. There's nobody else to really steer the conversation. And she says that she, like, it, it gets to point she doesn't want him to visit. Or she doesn't like that he visits. I just imagine her waking up and she's like, oh, it snowed a lot today. Maybe Gilbert won't come. And there he is, trekking through the snow on the way to visit her. Yeah. 
Yeah. I also feel like uh, I don't think this has like much actual significance, but most of the time when Gilbert and Anne have interacted like before, it's been on walks and like at other events. I feel like um, the sitting in the living room or the parlor or whatever of Green Gables does not help the awkwardness. I feel like if they could go out for walks, it would perhaps be less um, less awkward. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, Gilbert must realize that she's uncomfortable. It's like, does he think, like, this is going great. We're we're just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We I, understand each other so well. We can just sit here in this quiet room. It's, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it a bit later. I'm kind of, he, he doesn't come off as totally understanding the situation for whatever reason, which I find surprising because like i don't know you would think she's they've talked about him understanding the situation before if that makes sense like being being very careful not to show any romantic attentions intentions because like Anne will just get mad at him and i mean he's not really making any big declarations here but i think it's just now she's aware that he's just sitting there staring at like he probably always was doing this but like yeah she hasn't she's not comfortable enough to really banter with him anymore but it does say that Davy is quite happy with this whole situation no nobody else is or not with the sorry that was a terrible transition not with the Gilbert <laughs> it's not Davy being happy with the Gilbert Nan situation it's Davy's happy that they're stuck inside with the snow mm. And Chris- Davy has been rooting for Gilbert since the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and then we immediately after that we do get to another part about how I hope I hope and think that you will realize what a wonderful book the Bible is. So Yeah. Hey. But I like how Davy says, no, I think some parts of it are fine. Like the the good parts. <laughs> I'm curious because I told Milty the story about Alicia and the bears and it scared him. So he's never made fun of Mr. Harrison's bald head since. I didn't take the time to Google that story, but I don't know. Yeah. Let me just. No, because I I didn't get that either. Sorry. Well, you're doing that. I just, I just like (laughs) my eyes rested on a part of the book, and Davy calls it P.E. Island. He's not the first one to have done that, though. I wonder if they used to call it that because I'm pretty sure, in the last book, one of Anne's students, uh, when writing a letter to her said like mrs ann not mrs sorry miss ann shirley of pe island yeah they 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 must have it's it feels weird to like us i've never heard that yeah you either say which is very rare now 
you say out Prince Edward Island, or you just go PEI. Yeah. I think what I'm saying is Alicia was a prophet or something, or a follower of God. And he was walking, and a group of kids started mocking him because he was bald. And then God sent two bears out of the woods to maul 42 kids. Oh. It's hard to find uh, most of these things I'm seeing is, is like um, the misunderstood story of bear attacks and a ball prophet. Like different like analyses of this Uh-oh. story, but that's the gist of it, I'm, I'm thinking. Interesting. That's really giving Old Testament. Yeah, I didn't yeah. hear this one in in um, in religion class. No, they don't go over that one in Sunday school. No. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's dark. <laughs> so I guess I understand why Milty wouldn't make fun of Mr. Harrison's bald head anymore. <laughs> yeah. But um, I like how, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> where she goes, oh dear, will it ever stop storming? And Davy just goes, God knows. <laughs> yeah. Well, Anne is very clearly in one camp here, which is that is not allowed. Um, and Davy's argument for her is that Mrs. Lynn says it. And then we get into some um, hotly contested er, er, um, territory here between Mrs. Lynn and Mrs. Lynn and Anne. I find it interesting because when Davy says that, well, Mrs. Lynde says it, um, and Anne says, oh, it wasn't right for her to say, but it says afterwards, Anne promptly deciding on which horn of this dilemma to impale herself. I find that an interesting phrase. Mm. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then it kind of implies that even when Anne's not there, Mrs. Lynde and probably Marilla are talking about Anne and her Gilbert situation. Because mm-hmm. he goes, I hope I hope Gilbert won't court you that long. When are you going to be married, Anne? Mrs. Lynde says it's a sure thing. And she's like, Mrs. Lynde is a... And then she... Yeah, <laughs> and she's some of her old temper coming back. Yeah, right. like the Davy fills it in. <laughs> Awful old gossip. That's <laughs> what everyone says. But she she doesn't even have a response. She just says, you you are a very silly little boy, Davy. And then she, like, storms out of the room. (laughs) (laughs) Do we want to finish it off with talking about Aunt Josephine? Sure. So Anne's pretty upset, um, which, which makes sense, about Miss Josephine dying. And she very kindly left her some money. Yes. That so is- I was looking up how much $1,000 then, which what Anne was left, would be now. And I, I didn't get then. I got not, from 1914. In 2023, that would be 
That's a lot of money. That's a lot yeah. of money. That's gonna that's gonna pull her through quite a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she left Diane anything. I was about to say that. <laughs> I wonder if Van told Diana about this. <laughs> Could you imagine? You're like I think it makes sense that she leaves her some things or like leaves Anne something, but it would be I'd perhaps if I was Diana be a little mad if my aunt had left me nothing but my best friend. Um uh, yeah. Not just like a thousand dollars, like the equivalent of twenty-five thousand dollars. Like a life-changing amount of money. And then Davy thinks that this will keep prevent Anne from getting married now that she has the means to support herself. (laughs) (laughs) Because he says, when Dorcas Sloan got married last summer, she said if she'd had enough money to live on, she'd have never been bothered with a man. (laughs) Yeah. Davy is one of those kids who you can tell he hears everything. And he keeps it all. Now, does he listen to everything he is told? Like, follow that? No. But he will hear everything that is said. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be real careful what you say around Davy. You would think <laughs> that he and Mrs. Lind, and maybe she does, I feel like Mrs. Lind is, um, like, a herder, um, I feel like Mrs. Lynn could get a lot of good gossip from Davy, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah. Like, everybody, right. I feel like by now everybody in Avonlea knows you don't air your business out around Mrs. Lynn. But Davy hears everything and can come, come back and report. But. Mm-hmm. but I think the problem they probably have in their relationship is... Mrs. Lynn likes to be listened to, mm. and Davy doesn't like to listen. He doesn't like to f- do what he is told, and I think she likes her advice to be taken. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Okay, okay. ready for chapter nineteen? Yes. Just call the interlude, and is very much an interlude chapter. Like, not a not a ton goes on in this one. I mean. But- Chapter 17 was an interlude chapter, I guess, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in this chapter, Anne turns 20. She's in the living room of Patty's place talking to Aunt Jamesina um, when Philippa, or, sorry, well, Philippa gets ready for a dance. Philippa takes, uh, talks to Anne and Aunt Jamesina about her prospects for marriage, and Philippa mentions that if she were um, if she weren't rich, she'd marry Gilbert, which she'd marry Gilbert, which angers Anne. So the first thing that kind of happens is that Anne and Aunt Jamesina are discussing Philippa going, getting ready and going to a dance. And then Philippa, Philippa comes down and asks how she looks. And this is probably my favorite part of the chapter. As Anne says, do you really not know how pretty you are, Phil? Where Philippa responds, of course I do. What are looking glasses and men for? 
<laughs> Every time, because like people give a lot of compliments on Anne's nose. And every time that happens, I try to think of, like, any time I've ever looked at somebody and been like, geez, they have a good nose. And maybe I just don't look at people enough or, like, think about that stuff enough. But I, 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 don't, I don't think I've ever looked at anybody and thought, wow, that's a good nose. Particularly. I'm wondering if it's because... Lucy Maud Montgomery liked her nose or like I feel like you don't have this much nose content unless you are either complimented on your nose a lot or you are close to someone who's complimented on their nose a lot I'm currently looking at pictures of her because <laughs> I agree, like you can have a nose that doesn't fit your face but I feel like it, like if you've got a good nose, it kind of blends in with everything else, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I don't know, because I like, I like a statement nose. Mmm. Because I did a couple of, it sounds so, it sounds so silly to say it, but like, when I did, um, painting for a little bit I'm not in it as much as I was but I really liked painting faces and a good nose was a nose that like you would want to take your time you'd enjoy painting that nose like a boring nose I don't know a lot of people when they talk about a good nose sometimes it's a boring nose I don't know yeah I can I, I can see that see maybe maybe my um like me not thinking about noses at all also come I do not do anywhere near the amount of art that Peyton does but I just remember I I never drew noses on people when I drew people in like elementary school I was I was like this isn't not an important feature and that's the it's not an important features because I can't draw it I do mm. make sure I draw one when I am drawing like as an example for the class uh, but it is kind of skippable. Except yeah, I remember when in lower levels of art. Yeah. yeah. The, sorry, the only time um, I remember um, any of my art projects involving a nose is we had to do a, like a gargoyle sculpture um, in art class in grade six. It was like our big project for the year. We spent a long time on it. And like I'm not somebody who can spend a lot of time on or, like I, I I like doing it, but the reason it doesn't come out very good is I never go back and fix anything that's gone wrong. I just let it be. And I took way too large of a chunk of clay for the nose. Like I'm talking the head, like the nose was probably like two thirds of the head. And I just didn't I, I never um fixed it because I was like this is this is going to be too much work to fix and I remember my art teacher being like that's a lot of nose you might want to pare that down a little bit and I was like no it's stylistic choice <laughs> <laughs> then we come back to the big Alec and Alonzo debate mm. which I find interesting it's gone on for so long not because of like Phil's character but like 
I don't know. At least the people so far that have proposed to Anne seem to kind of want to know now. Like, the men in the books. I, I'm surprised <laughs> that both Alec and Alonzo have, like, stuck around for the super long time that uh, Philippa's trying to figure out who's who she's going to choose. Yeah, I guess it was... And then she goes through a little. They're they're throwing a couple of options at her, but she's not. She's not happy with any of them. She's not gentle about it either. No, she's a woman that knows what she wants. But I'm I'm positive she threw in the little bit about Gilbert just to get just to get Anne's hackles up. I think. Yeah, I agree. She said, I'd marry Gilbert Blight if he were rich. Oh, would you? Said Anne rather viciously. I'd also like to say that Aunt Jamesina seems like the cool aunt. Yeah. Mm. She really has big, cool aunt energy. Like, she even said, I think this was last week, though. Or, like, our last set of chapters. She was kind of like, listen, girls. I'm not here to, like, I, I intend to enjoy this sort of retirement thing I've got going here. <laughs> I'm not here to, like, fe- um, to monitor you guys in any big way. You're, you're adults. You, you can handle your own things. I also like her sort of last line in the cha- chapter where um, Aunt... Jamesina is talking about like, oh my gosh, I, I, I don't really understand Phil. Um, and she says she isn't like any of the girls I ever knew or any of the girls I was myself. And Anne asks, how many girls were you? And she says, oh, about half a dozen, my dear. <laughs> Does anybody have any more thoughts on this chapter? I don't think I have anything else to say about this one. Hey. Now we get into the big chapter. Um, so this chapter is called Gilbert Speaks. And in this chapter, Gilbert proposes to Anne. Anne is upset by this turn of events and refuses him. Gilbert is upset and storms off. And Anne goes to her room crying. And Philippa calls her an idiot for refusing him. Um, so this one starts out with... Uh... Says Anne looked up from the Pickwick Papers, which was the book that she was reading at the time. Now, as a kid, I loved this. I love this book, so I wanted to read. I'm like, well, if Anne's gonna read the Pickwick Papers, I'm gonna read the Pickwick Papers. I think I think it's on a shelf over there because I bought it because I wanted to read it. It's not. I didn't like. Well, <laughs> it's like. Because it's Dickens, and I've, he, he, I like some of, some of his stuff. I mean, he was paid by the word, and it shows. Um, it really does. <laughs> but the Pickwick Papers is, like, about, I didn't even get far. It's, like, a, about a group of, I don't even remember what they were. They were, like, lawyers or barristers or some sort of tax, maybe, guys. They were, it was just a bunch of old men. I didn't get very far, but I didn't like it. That's all I'll say on that. <laughs> I was disappointed. No, we're. I'm totally okay with Dickens' slander on this podcast. I'm sure 
people who study him and know more things about him than I do can tell me why he is great and influential and all of this. I had to read Great Expectations two years in a row in um, high school. And I almost always really loved whatever we were reading in high school. Only book I... No, I can't say that. Love in the Time of Cholera was not great either. (laughs) Um, But the... It was one of the only books I really disliked in high school. Like, I found it really hard to get through. And I ended up having to read it and do, like, presentations and essays and all of these things on it twice. Mm -hmm. You know, I will say about Dickens, I did... I read David Copperfield, which is... um, probably but what he he does characters so so well like if he wasn't bogged down by words and once they once I find the characters become an adult and they get like a job in the town it gets a bit bogged down by terminology and stuff but he does characters so well and I find I've compared him to Ellen Montgomery before by how well they just do a little very memorable characters thrown in like Mm -hmm. I still remember some of those tiny little characters that got like a chapter from Dickens but I find Ella Montgomery does that very well except where the Dickens a lot of the Dickens characters are so memorable because they're so very very evil but she just has very very strange like small Mm -hmm. town kind of characters I mean he has those too but I find they're they're very comparable in that. I don't know. I've thought about it before. No, that's interesting. Yeah, the only I I've heard good things because like the the one thing I know very briefly about Dickens like that when like I feel like the one sentence answer sometimes people give when they um like talk about like what was different like what was innovative about him like what he was doing at the time and i've i've heard that it's like sort of highlighting people i i don't know if this is true but highlighting um people in his books and like life experiences in his books that weren't often seen um in like literature at the time like particularly like the plight of orphans or uh, different characters like that but and the only I I remember when I was trying to get through Great Expectations and my parents were trying really hard to um like sort of connect uh like be like no this is good like this is real life and or not real life but like find something that piqued my interest about Dickens because I was really quite negative about him as a 16 year old and mm-hmm. they apparently there is a disease called Pickwick syndrome that or something like that um, and I don't know anything about it other than the fact that it's modeled off of I guess I'm assuming Mr. Pickwick in the Pickwick papers there's hmm. some um characteristics that share i'm assuming they don't call it that the disease whatever this disease is that name anymore because i think they're trying to get away from calling diseases like random names and Mm -hmm. actually naming what they're about but yeah no even with 
great expectations. Like, I can't, I didn't, I didn't really, and I never really got into that one very big, but even just Miss Havisham, Miss Havisham, like, that's such a cool character. Like, just the way he can, I think I heard it described once as um, how quick he establishes characters, like, um, in a single brushstroke or whatever. And he does it so good, like, just, I don't know, she's so cool. Like, a character who was stood up and she just, like, decades ago and she just still wears the same wedding dress and she still has the cake there and all decorated and like I find um, Montgomery is very much the same where like you immediately understand what kind of character she's setting up there like they're very distinct that's all I have to say about that I think (laughs) no no that's cool that's um, no it's it's neat. That that was our bit on Dickens and <laughs> podcast. I do I do want to say I find it like just me reading it as somebody who again has a long standing. Um, I I wouldn't say like dislike of some of Dickens stuff just because I um, can hold a grudge for a long time and I had to read Great Expectations twice. Um, I find it funny that she's like, oh, as a treat, like a break from studying, I'm going to read the Pipwick papers. Yeah. And then um, when when Phil says, oh, that book always makes me so hungry. She's like, they're taught they always seem to be eating such good food. And she says, ham and eggs and milk punch. Yeah, I'm, my, my stomach's grumbling just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, milk punch is actually... I googled it and it's like a bourbon and milk drink i don't know that it's very appetizing but apparently ramen milk yeah, oh, yeah maybe it's one of those <laughs> yeah my great great grandmother not great great like my my mom's grandmother used to drink ramen milk really yes, i have a, a friend who introduced me to the rum and coke because her parents like it. But okay. apparently when her parents have specific friends over, they switch to rum and milk instead. Just rum and like nothing else mixed in it? Rum and like, milk. Yeah. yeah. I think. Oh. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. No, I tried vodka and milk once, but it was mostly a dare more than anything else. <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> My... That's that's. I wouldn't put those two together. That's really weird. I was surprised by it too. And I don't think she liked it, but she's like, oh, my parents and their friends love it. Hmm. Yeah. No, I, my, my mom always likes to, likes to say that's what kept my great grandmother from, um, that's what staved off her osteoporosis when she was older is that, oh, oh one, like once I, I, like on the weekends, she'd have a glass of milk with, with rum in it, but. <laughs> Yeah. I like the idea of exclusively drinking milk with rum in it, though. Like, yeah. your great-grandmother <laughs> didn't have any other milk in the week, but she'd, she'd have some milk with her rum <laughs> the weekend. So I'd say one major thing happens in this chapter, and we haven't discussed it yet. Yeah, we're just skirting around it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is um pretty pretty sad for for gilbert here the proposal 
The one thing I have to say, I feel like, and I, I think what happened here with Gilbert's proposal is he was like, I just got to do it. Like, I can't go on like this anymore. I've just got to commit. But, like, Anne seems like he does not take any of the cues that Anne does not want to be there. It is kind of a good time to do it, though, because he even says he's not going to be in Avonlea this summer, and she is. So I feel like if he's going to give it a try, this might be a good time, because then if she maybe has, like, a like an idea that there might be a rejection, because then they don't see each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think maybe he could have been a little bit scared as well, because, like... Nobody's it maybe not best friend, but if his best friend is gonna make a play for Anne, you know, nobody nobody is safe. Like he has to he has to <laughs> he has to make an effort at least once. <laughs> Sorry, that proposal is the funniest thing to me. <laughs> it's it's like Sorry, I know we're skirting around it, but I this was a long time ago, so I'm not gonna be able to find it to send it. But there's uh the I this when I first was on TikTok, there I watched this TikTok of this girl being like, "Can you imagine if um, Elizabeth Bennett, sorry, I, I've switched to Austin, had accepted Mr. Darcy's first proposal? What would have gone down when Mr. Darcy told um, Bingley what he had done? And it was like." <laughs> It was like how, like, can you imagine your best friend says, no, you, you really shouldn't marry this girl that you're in love with because her family's like kind of trashy. And I don't think <laughs> that this, <laughs> that this is going to be good for you. She, she was a, the person who was explaining this on the TikTok was a much better storyteller than I am. Um, and then like literally not even two weeks later or whatever, or it's more than two weeks, but like not very long after Darcy comes back to Bingley and is like, oh, by the way, I've decided to marry her sister. And I know you think we hate each other and we kind of do, but I've decided that this is what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah, he really just said this. He He would have just said like. This is not a respectable family, Bingley. He's like, but I'm built different, so... <laughs> I'm actually more in love than you are, so it's okay that I do it. But this is real, so respect this. <laughs> yeah, so that's what the Charlie Sloane gilbert Blythe um, thing kind of reminds me of a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we can kind of see in this one, because Anne says no, obviously, but I don't think either of them were ready for this proposal because she's he immediately what did he say she's like oh gilbert you spoiled everything and he's like don't you care for me at all <laughs> like he doesn't react well like neither of them react very well yeah but he really <laughs> it's it's very painful like he keeps trying to she keeps trying to change the subject and eventually he's just like no never mind that right now i have something to say yeah. So now we're three proposals in. Can we rank the proposals from 
Do we want to go most awkward to least awkward? I know they're all awkward. <laughs> okay. I'm going to throw in... Oh, it's hard. It's hard. And maybe you guys can convince me otherwise. I truly think the Billy Andrews proposal might be the most awkward just because then they then had to just lay there in the same bed <laughs> and continue their sleepover <laughs> as if she just hadn't, like, ap- like, right away rejected her brother. Yeah, couldn't escape in that one. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll agree with you on that. I think I think I might put this one as the second most awkward. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, there's a lot of, like, emotion in it and all of that. Whereas I feel like the Charlie Sloan was, like, one of those things that you could, like, I, I kind of feel like Anne went back, like, I know he was mad at her and she was mad that he had presumed this, but I don't think Anne was hurting from that one for a long, for very long. Like, I kind of feel like that was one of those things that Anne then went up to, like, her friends' rooms or whatever and were like, guess what just happened to me? (laughs) Like, it it made for good gossip in the group chat, is what I'm Mm -hmm. saying, what she got Mm -hmm. out of that one. Yeah, she kind of just closed the door on it with, like, well, he's a Sloan. What do you expect? Yeah. yeah. Now, if we're, go- if we're ranking them by biggest disaster, I think this one might win. Yeah. 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 No, this one's going to hurt for a little while, I think. More than the, the Billy Andrews one would, anyway. <laughs> yeah, than either of the other ones. Yeah. I I can't, since I'm reading this again, I keep thinking of, I see a lot of those TikToks where, like, <laughs> it's like, um, what did I, one of them where it's like, you're friends with a guy and you think it's all going fine, and then you get a text like, hey, can I tell you something? Oh, and then you think, like, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, we've all tried the Ian, the Ian method. They're, they're trying to tell you, and you're just kind of pretending that it'll just go away, but it won't. Yeah. No, then it leads to you having to leave your workout class and <laughs> craft a message with your friend. <laughs> Although Anne doesn't get to do that. No, no. This Anne is in person. To... Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's really like it, it's hard. I do have to say, there's a, perhaps a lot of things about modern dating that are more difficult. Than right now or then back then but um the fact that you can't that that you can be like on the other side of a screen doing this conversation as opposed to like right in person i think is helpful mm-hmm. the one thing that would be hurt like if if this was like a long distance thing that was happening could you imagine if like you had to wait for that conversation to play out over letter like the guy is like, can I tell you something? I like, I love you in a letter. And then you, <laughs> you have to respond, and like the whole thing ends up being dragged out for like four weeks. I think you just pretend the letter got lost in the mail. That's fair. That happens yeah. to letters. <laughs> now, even when he's like 
when when Nicole mentioned um, Anne's kind of idea of romance is kind of getting in the way, this he's not. Even when Gilbert's making his proposal, he's not being super super eloquent in the way that Anne would be very into at this time. Like, because I know Austin had in Emma, you get like, um, if I loved you less, I'd be able to talk about it more, which is a big one. But in this one, he goes, (laughs) yeah, he goes, things can't go on like this any longer, Anne. I love you. You know I do. I I can't tell you how much. Will you promise me that someday you'll be my wife? And she's like, like, it's not, I mean, I don't think anything that he could have said in the moment would have cinched it for him, but it's really not what Anne has been expecting for a very long time. Yeah. No. And it goes with what um, Phil says, although she's talking about love. You don't know love when you see it. You've tricked something out with your imagination that you think love and you expect the real thing to look like that. Like she has these standards that aren't really based on reality. And it's making this whole process um, of this time in her life where like, clearly she's getting lots of proposals and she's being expected to marry. It's making it difficult for her. Yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just have to say that last line after Phil. Uh, I, I love once Phil says that, she says, There, that's the first sensible thing I've ever said in my life. I wonder how I managed it. <laughs> Phil has grown on me a lot as yeah. a character. Yeah. You even see that with Anne herself, because she says, he He's getting upset now. And she's, I'm sorry, forgive me, Gilbert. And then she says something about where were all the grace, the gracious and grace, graceful speeches wherewith in imagination she had been wont to dismiss rejected suitors. Like, even this is very much a big moment for Anne because she's realizing that proposals aren't, unwanted proposals aren't exactly very romantic. Mm. In the same way that, like, 11-year-old Anne would have been writing about them in her story club. <laughs> Because I honestly feel like the unrequited love, unromantic, like like the proposals that the heroine doesn't accept are more and speed. Like she seems kind of like a tragic, unrequited love and or uh, and like ends terribly, like kind of Romeo and Juliet sort of like 11 year old Anne. Um like into that stuff more than the um like happy ending everybody's happily married at the end thing mm-hmm. i'm interested i might need to i don't own a copy of little women but i saw like a tiktok again a long time ago that was a comparison that was the two movies it was like the 1980 is it 1980 or 1989 what's the miniseries for Anne. Anyway, people people know what I say when I say the miniseries. Right? It's the... Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the, With Megan Follows. Like a proposal scene. The, I think this... Or this proposal scene from Gilbert and Anne in the 1980 or 1989 miniseries. It's like 1987. 
Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, the the None second one you did was probably right. 87. Yeah, yeah I, I looked up the second movie. Okay. okay. Yeah, so it's like the um, that scene in the miniseries, like of this proposal. And then it's the scene in Greta Gerwig's Little Women where Joe rejects Lori. And they're like very, very similar, almost word for word. And I am curious whether or not like they were, like it was the movies that ended up inspiring each other or like the book, like they're both very close to the book rejection of proposal scenes. And it it just ends up that the those two books are very close together. Like the the rejection scenes are very similar, so um, I feel like I'm gonna have to like read Little Women and see whether or not they're 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 close because they're close in the movies, or they're actually very very similar in the books. Um, I can't I can't really remember. Yeah, because um. I. To be honest with you, I feel like it might be a movie thing because I, I mean, I try to avoid miniseries content of the miniseries we haven't watched yet because I, I want it to, like, I'm trying to watch this all for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't, like, it's been a long time, ta- like, I've only seen bits and pieces of the scene, like, quickly before I scroll away. Um, but it's, to me, that proposal scene seems like quite a bit different than the one in in this book. But I don't really remember. I think I watched it at one point that miniseries scene, but I don't really remember how it goes. I remember the Little Women one, but I don't remember the. Yeah. But I think those are two interesting proposals to compare. Because, like, in both cases, you have, like, he's proposing because he's seeing something that she doesn't see. Like, he has feelings that, in Anne's case, it's because, it's because um, her kind of, she's not ready for her feelings for Gilbert. And, like, her romanticism is kind of getting in the way of all that. But for Joe and Laurie, it's kind of, he's seeing something that she's never going to see. Like, she, she has never thought of them that way. And she's never going to. She's going to, I mean, she thinks about it a tiny bit when she's lonely, but she's never really going to consider the same. I don't know, but the reactions I'd say from them are very similar. And they're like, well, well, now what am I supposed to do? I can't just, we can't go on like we used to. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I might have to watch those two scenes. Yeah, no, because it was, it was, I remember seeing the TikTok and being like, this is very, very close to get, like, um, pretty, pretty, uh, like, uh, like, I, I'm not kidding, like, almost word for word. I don't know if, like, some of it was edited or what was, like, again, I was trying to get out of that. I was, I was captured in to watch it, and then I was like, I shouldn't have watched that. Mm-hmm. But, no, but I, I remember uh, you read this scene with the proposal and you're like, you're mad at Gilbert and you're mad at Anne. Like, yeah, well, you're just I'm I find myself being 
you can't really blame Anne if she's not ready for it, but they're just, they're really just messing this one up. Yeah. <laughs> I found a TikTok. Okay. Okay. I've sent it. They are very similar. They are similar, yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious whether that's because they're both super close to the books, but I don't think that Anne and Gilbert scene is like word for word. No, I find even in the Anne and Gilbert scene in the video, Gilbert's very calm. Mm-hmm. Like he's very tragic. I find even just Lori in this one is more like I pictured Gilbert being like, I have something to say and I need you to listen to it. And then just not being able to handle what comes afterwards. But in this little women scene, Joe does go on about, you're going to find, you're going to find a nice, respectable woman and you're going to forget all about me. Anne would never. Like Anne is snapping at people just for mentioning Gilbert in the wrong kind of context. Like that's not... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they're horrible to live through, I'm sure, but you gotta love a bad proposal scene. Oh, yeah. I really do. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Have you guys ever seen that one video where it's from the Pride and Prejudice miniseries, and she's giving that speech where, like, you're the last man I would ever, and you can hear that music in the background. <laughs> the it, it's turned down for what, right? Yeah, it is turned yeah, down for what. It, yeah, it's like it's like that song, and like you can hear the like it's getting louder and louder, and then the she says, um, like the you you are the last man on earth I would ever marry, and then the beat bass drops, yeah. and it goes turned down for what, yeah. <laughs> I remember being in like, I don't know, probably like tenth grade or something, and one of my really good friends sending that video to me and being like, "This is amazing." Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think I remember being as a kid. I must have maybe I was thirteen when I read this one. It was around there, like twelve, thirteen. I can't really remember. But I remember being like, oh, like that was kind of, that wasn't what I expected to happen. Yeah. I feel like, because, I don't know, I I kind of agree with you there, because like the only context, I knew it was coming because I had seen the, like, I don't know very much about this book, but I'd seen this, like, that scene in in the TikTok mm-hmm. I watched, and I um I didn't I I agree I didn't think it was gonna I thought it was gonna be more like the scene on the TikTok where Gilbert's just very calm and cool and is like um sort of resigned to the the fate there. Mm-hmm. Um, and but here like like i feel like i was expecting to be upset at only anne 
but I agree with what you said earlier. I'm upset at both Anne and Gilbert. Mm -hmm. Because I think I read this before Pride and Prejudice. So this is kind of my first experience with the the middle of the road, like the middle of the book kind of rejected proposal. So it was like, huh. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, after I, I mean, I enjoy them. You got, I, I love them to this day. They're very enjoyable scenes. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't fix what's not broken, but it really did surprise me when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have any last thoughts before I try to get through our outro? So that's our podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Peyton, for um, coming and being a guest. Uh, if you'd like to hear more from us, you can uh, follow our Instagram at Gals of Green Gables Pod, or you can send us an email at Gals of Green Gables Pod at gmail.com. Uh, join us next time as we read chapters 21 to 24. And thank you for listening. Bye. 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 <laughs>